Right, if you'd like to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians, we're going through Ephesians, we'll, we'll, we'll finish it reasonably soon. I got really um, absorbed in this bit that we are looking at today, which is Ephesians chapter 5, if you want to turn there, and we mentioned it in passing as we were singing Um, and it says um, in verse 8 is everyone there? Oh, it's very quiet today so I don't know what's going on everyone's awake uh, verse 18 I'll just read you a few verses from verse 18 and actually but before I do that you realise that when the NIV is put together they, they put these nice sort of t- well titles in to help us put the paragraphs but you realise Paul didn't write those things the Bible writers didn't write those things so sometimes they're helpful and sometimes they're not and I would say that this one here is not necessarily unhelpful but it's just in the wrong place place, possibly (laughs) anyway so I'm going to read from verse 18 and I'm going to include verse 21 so let's read that and pretend that paragraph heading isn't there which says do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then it carries on, but we're not going to read any further today, but that's just a little bit we're going to focus on. Um, and I just love this idea that um, there's a better alternative to going down a pub and getting completely hammered <laughs> you know there's an alternative Jesus doesn't just say don't do that you know I think we might have said this before but it's like not our religion our faith is not that of just lots of don't do's but rather God says don't be filled uh, be filled with wine I mean you can drink wine but don't get drunk but be be drunk in the spirit if you're going to be you know fill up on the spirit and, and I love that that it's, uh, there's a better alternative that, that God offers us. Um, and part of that is what we're looking at today, which is we're going to talk about submitting to one another out of the reverence for Christ, which is verse 21. Now, you may well know that the New Testament is full of one another's. Yes, did we know this? Does that make sense? Does that, is some of you looking a bit blank to me? That, yeah. That, that, that in the New Testament there is... Uh, name, name some of them. Can, can Give me some of the one another's. Oh, here we go. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's full of one another. So I can't remember. <laughs> love one another. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Love one another. There's lots of love one another. Actually, that's the, I think the most common one. Any any other? We've got submit here, so you're not allowed to do that. Yes. Oh, we've all gone. Pray for one another. Yeah, I think it. Yes, yes. It must be somewhere. Yeah, must must be somewhere. <laughs> oh, that's this week's homework. Sorry? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them revolve around love one another, actually. Okay, I'm, I'm, we won't go any further with that. Let's, but just take it from me, there's lots of one another's. As you go through the New Testament, you'll be reading, oh, it says do that to one another, do this to one another. You know, Submit to one another is the one we're looking at today. And the, the, the thing is, if you go through the New Testament, you'll realise that we... We are, when we become Christians, we are born into a new family, which you're looking at some of it now, if you look around the room, okay? And then if you go to another country, as when I was in Norway last year, I just made a point of finding a church, I contacted them and I said, 
and met up with the worship leader there because you know and and I and I realised that I'm part of this family that extends into Norway and into into the Philippines where we were also a couple of years ago and you know we've got numbers of representations of different people around the world and they'll tell you that this family is a big family it goes all around the world and the great thing is you can go pretty much anywhere and and. Sometimes it's easier than others, but defining a church and you, you become part of that family and you're one another with them. So being um, a Christian is a very corporate thing. In fact, God himself, we looked at this, is a corporate being, isn't he? God is three in one. So there's that. that's where it all comes from. So we've been born into this new family. We've been baptized into the church, the body of Christ. We've been given a new life. And in this new life, there is a, the, the Bible teaches a new way to, to interact with one another. And, and part of that is written out here, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And I think that's key to understanding this next section of, of, the, of, of Ephesians. So I'm going to sort of sit on that one verse for this week and then we'll look at the, the, um, the, 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 the rest of it next, next week. Um, be filled with the Spirit. This is all part of it though. If you go back to verse 18, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It's a one another. There you go. There's, one, there's another one. So we should, should have got that one. That's right on the page This Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Um, and then it carries on. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so in the church, if we want to put Jesus in, the right, in his rightful place, one way to do that is to submit to one another. Okay. Um, We honour Jesus when we humble ourselves before one another. So I want to ask you a question, because this word submit is a very sort of Bible-y word. Um, uh, What does it mean? Well, it's a Bible-y word. It also has sort of connotations in the world we live in. But what does it mean? What does it mean to submit to one another? How does that work? How does it outwork in a congregation like ours? As I say, it's a very sort of Bible-y word, but have we given it any serious thought? It's a Bible word that might shock some of us because we might, I, I know when people get married sometimes there is this kind of like all kind of nervous or kind of almost allergic reaction that the woman doesn't want to say she's going to submit to the husband in, in the wedding vows nowadays. You know, is, we're in a different world to the world the Bible was written in. Um, so some of us struggle with that word um, and some of us may just accept that submission is the right thing. We might begrudgingly say, yeah, okay, I need to submit to the leaders, and I know that's right because that's what we're supposed to do. Um, leaders have authority, and so people need to submit to that. Um, but this isn't just talking about leadership, is it? Is this submit to one another? This isn't just submit to the leaders or submit to the elders. This is submit to one another. So it's not just talking about... Um, Leadership. So I want you to look around the room, okay, literally look around the room, that you need to move your head to do that, <laughs> okay? All right? And these are the people the Bible says you are to submit to, one another. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. And I was thinking about how does that work in practice? How does Keith, who's one of our, if you don't mind me saying Keith, you're one of our elders here in, in age, how does he submit to, say, Isabel, who's one of our youngest here? I mean, that doesn't make sense in the way the world normally works, right? Because normally, Isabel, who's the younger, would kind of go, okay, Keith's older than me, so I should really submit to him because he's, he knows more than me or he's got more authority. Does that make sense? That would be the normal way, and that's right, but it's also, it says, submit to one another. So how does Keith submit to Isabel? Hmm? How does 
uh, say, Sheila, submit to Ada? You know, how does that work? Yeah? Or some, maybe how do people who are older in the faith submit to those who are novices or younger in the faith? How does that work out? And what does that mean? Um, so the word submit, I think we probably have some idea of what that means, don't we? It's, it's to accept or to yield to somebody who has greater authority or greater power. And we make ourselves less than that person. We, we let go of our control and say, I'm going to submit to your, your greater authority in that area. We let go of our status and our position and we, we let go of our superiority and we say, we don't say, I know best, but we actually say, okay, I'm going to see how I can come under your authority. And if we do that, it says here, we honour Jesus when we voluntarily put ourselves in that place of giving in, cooperating, carrying that other person's burden, serving them, submitting to them. Jesus is honoured. Now think about that. How is Jesus honoured? Think about Jesus. What did Jesus do with his disciples when they got together in the, the Last Supper before we didn't go into that bit of the story, um, but we could do. Jesus gets down, he takes a towel, doesn't he? This is Jesus, the, the teacher, like the best rabbi ever. This is Jesus, the son of God. This is Jesus who has proven himself to be the one with all power and all authority. He's cast out demons. He's raised the dead. He's healed the sick. He's taught in a way that has authority. And here we have Jesus, and he takes a towel, gets on his hands and knees with a bowl of water, and what does he do? He washes the disciples' feet. That's a pretty submitting thing, right? He washes the disciples' feet. And you might think, okay, well, that's good for him. But then he turns, he probably stands up, you know, wipes his hands, says, right, now you guys have got to do what I've done. You're to do that to one another. You're, you're to wash one another's feet. And he sets an example for us that this is what this is, submit to one another. So Jesus has already said it, serve one another. Now let me ask you this, when Jesus submitted himself and humbled himself, did he lose any of his status in reality? Did he suddenly become not the son of God? No. Did he lose any of his power or authority? No. Actually, what he did was he redefined our understanding of what it is to be powerful. Because we think somebody's powerful would sort of say, if I'm powerful, Peter, come and wash my feet. You know, that would be power, we would think, in the world. But actually, he showed that true power and authority, true, comes in service and says, well, I'm, I'm going to wash your feet, Peter. So he redefines it. And, you know, he talked about, didn't he, a lot, the last should be what? First. The least should be the greatest. Actually, to lead is to serve. A good friend of mine, he said, I'm fed up with all these leadership conferences I see advertised in the Christian. I think we need to have a servant conference. And his point being, and, and too often the church has got into this, the way to lead, and, and we talk about management styles, you know, as if like my job is like I'm just the manager of a company and I've got to... But actually, my job in particular is a job of service and serving the church. Because to lead is to serve. So submission in Jesus is not about doing things from some kind of fearful standpoint where we, we have to sort of 
you know, bring ourselves, you know, with low self-esteem and make ourselves uh, this, this well, just treat ourselves like rubbish, effectively. Humility and humiliation are two very different things. I want you to know that. It's, you can be humiliated, which is just makes you just nothing. And you can be humble, but still have um, <coughs> status and, and respect. And sub- submission is a very different thing to being subjugated or conquered or ruled over. Submission is not, what we're talking about here is not being treated as a doormat. We're not, I'm not talking about that. So it doesn't say in, in the church, <coughs> let everyone eat, eat, treat each other as a doormat and just wipe their feet on you. You know what I mean? Just treating everybody as nothing. So the key to this is the study of Christ. And the more we know Jesus, the more we know about submission, and we will, know, we will be more inclined to be Christ-like. So submitting to one another brings reverence to him. And so if you, why don't we turn to John 13. This is where this washing the feet business happens. There's just, I want you to read this for yourself. John 13, 13, 13. And Jesus says this, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Okay, notice there, Jesus doesn't say, Oh, actually, I'm not the teacher. Oh, actually, I'm not Lord. I'm just a humble servant. And he doesn't make himself, you know, he doesn't put himself down. He says, I am Lord, you're right. I am teacher, you're right. And now that I... Your Lord and teacher have washed your feet. You also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Okay? So, Jesus acknowledges who he is. And then he says, because of that, I wash your feet. And so, because of that, you do that to one another. (coughs) If you want to turn to Philippians 2... I don't normally bob around the Bible, but I want you to read these things for yourself because it all kind of fits together. Philippians 2, which is the next book on from Ephesians. I know, sorry, you've just taken your finger out of Ephesians, haven't you? Philippians 2, from verse 3. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Sorry, do I need to wait? Yeah. Philippians 2, uh, verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Do not look, not looking for your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by being obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Jesus doesn't come to us and say, actually, I'm not quite as great as you thought I am. I'm maybe even a bit less than you. He doesn't say that. What he does is he, he doesn't use his status as God to his own advantage. Rather, he uses that to show that actually to be great is to be humble. 
and he submitted himself to his own creation, which is just astonishing when you stop and think about it, because God could do whatever he wanted to, and he decided to submit himself to his own creation. So if you study Jesus as you know Jesus, you will learn to live in his ways, and submitting to one another will become a more instinctive way of life, and I think it will become a a very beautiful and powerful thing in and around us. So two things from this, just to sort of finish off. I think we need to have, as we study Christ, if we're going to do this submitting thing at all, if we're going to do it, and if we're going to do it well, we have to have two things. First of all, we have to have a high view of ourselves, and I'll explain what I mean by that. And secondly, I think we need to have a high view of one another. Okay, so first of all, to have a high view of ourselves, we need to understand that being submitted to one another isn't to have low self-esteem or self-worth. It isn't to say, oh, oh dear Daniel, I'm just not as good as you. You know, my beard, I could never grow a beard like that, you know, and, and just, I just feel rubbish as a result. So I'm, I'm just not a proper man, and so I, sub- oh, I submit myself to you. It's not that. Yeah, but I mean, mean, the truth is coming out there. Um, But it is in reality to say, no, I am who I am, and and I stand confidently as a man, and uh, in in some terms I have greater status, if people like to say that within the church, because people seem to see the pastor as some kind of status symbol. It's not, by the way. But I'm confident in who I am as pastor, as 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 a man but within that i submit myself to daniel and his beard <laughs> you see what i'm saying it's not me just kind of bringing myself down as i say i'm worthless and so that as a result i have to submit to daniel because he's he's just such such a great guy much better than me okay it's not making myself a doorman it's actually i'm using my my position i'm using my and i'm choosing to submit that rather than being forcibly subjugated I know my worth, I know my value, and I'm forsaking it. I know that actually I have something to offer as I'm submitting. That's the Christ-like way. That's what Jesus did. Oh, yeah, you're right. I am Lord, and I am teacher, but I'm going to wash your feet. Does that make sense? So we need to have a high view of ourselves. Each one of us carries value and significance, and we submit that to one another. And for some of us, I was just thinking about this, well, how does this work? For some of us, it's our intelligence. We have intelligence. Some of us are very clever. I look around the room and some of you are very clever, all right? Some of you don't realise you're very clever. But it's sometimes, there's a difference between intelligence and wisdom, right? Yeah, we can have some people who are very wise. They may not be very clever, but they can be very wise. And, some, and in some of us, we may need to say, in my intelligence, I'm going to submit myself to your wisdom. Does that make sense? Yeah? Some of us have, um, well, all of us have age. One way or the other. There's some of us that are young, and there's some of us that are old. I won't look around the room. Okay? Now, each one of those things carries a blessing. For young people, they have energy and enthusiasm and naivety, which is a great thing. And that can submit to the wisdom of the older folk. Yeah? But at the same time, the older folk, with their age, can submit to the youth and enthusiasm of the younger folk. Yeah? Those two things can work both ways. If you're kind of middle-aged, maybe you're caught in the middle, don't know what to do. But um, you'll, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. 
Yeah? Some people who are strong, there are people who have just have a strength about them. They can submit to the ones who are weak. Um, because I think sometimes we have to accept that any strength that we have, where does that come from? It comes from God anyway. Yeah? So when we actually submit ourselves to those who are weaker than us, we're actually just sort of acknowledging that actually it's God has given any of this to any of us. Right? Some of us have carry a whole lot of suffering in, the, in, in, in your life you've, you've suffered a lot okay um, and, and I, I'm speaking from my own experience here we, we can submit that suffering to, to others who have not in the way that you who are outside of me will have an external perspective on this and I'm, I'm learning this myself and I'm submitting my, to others in this because sometimes just recently, people have said about our situation with Gabriella, for instance. You know, they'll say, oh, it's amazing to see how God is working in you. And I'm thinking, I, sorry, I don't see that myself. When, when Ella's ill, it just, there's not an awful lot going on spiritually for me. It's just like being dead, if I'm honest. But then people, I have to submit myself to external pairs of eyes who know me well and say, God is in this and God is working through it. And that is, I don't enjoy that. But I have to, I'm, I'm part of one another here and I'm part of a church and I'm part of a body of people who I have to submit myself to, to, to you in that. I'm learning to. It's hard. But I'm just being honest. And some of us who have experienced a lot of suffering will, will, will learn that. But also it goes the other way as well. You know, those who haven't experienced suffering need to submit to those who have because there's an awful lot to learn from those people. Yeah. By the way, all of this goes both. Nearly all of this goes both ways. Yeah. As we because it's not submit to the people in one direction. It's submit to who? One another. One another. Thank you. Yeah. So we all have to do this in a kind of circular kind of way. Um, yeah. I think those those are my examples. Um, I think the question to ask is, you know, what can I learn from you? That's a good way to submit. And look around and say, what can I learn? What can I learn from you? Because we're talking about, so we need to have a high view of ourselves. And we need to have a high view of one another. Now, we're going to struggle to submit to people if we don't think much of them in the first place. <laughs> Aren't we? Like, I might, I'm, Graham's laughing so I can pick on him you know I might think oh well Graham's you know I mean what, what Graham what a loser I might think what's the point of submitting to him you know I mean, what? if I have that approach this is not going to work very well because I'm not going to give any, him any respect but I think we need to have a high view a value of the people around us and, and the way to do that even if we do think that people are a bit irritating or a bit annoying or don't really have much to offer is to know that in each one of the people in this room there is the image of Christ so Graham carries the image of Christ. Now it may be different to the way I might want the image of Christ to be because he may just be different to me. <laughs> yeah? And, and, but I know because I believe what God says that the image of Christ is in Graham. And that means, and it comes back to this reverence of Christ. If I am truly am honouring Christ, I will know that he has put his image in all of us. And then as I honour Graham and as I submit to him, I'm actually, there's part of me that's bringing reverence to Christ just by recognising that God is in him. 
sorry, I'm picking on Graham. You shouldn't laugh for my jokes. He's just sniggering slightly, so I'm kind of... <laughs> he's done it again, so I'll do it. Um, so seeing the image of God in everyone is key to this. If we then do that, we elevate people, don't we? And it's actually a lot easier to submit to people when we realise that actually there's something to submit to, right? And actually, by the way, if we treat people more like there's the image of God in them, they're going to start to behave like that as well because they will start to receive the idea that actually I'm worth something. I'm valued. I have some, some, something intrinsically in me that you can't... It's not to do with how good at playing football I am or how good my beard is, going back to Daniel, you know, or, you know, or you know, how strong or weak I am. It's got nothing to do with that. It's the fact that you are made in the image of God. That doesn't change. And so we can ask the question, well, what can I learn from you? How can I serve you? What, what do I gain from you? And how can I submit to you in that? There's questions we can ask one another. And if we keep Christ in view, in amongst all of us, our submission honours and respects him. And I think submission then, in that context, is a beautiful thing. It can be a pretty ugly thing if people are just having a low view of themselves and a low view of one another because we're doing it begrudgingly and we do... And you can see that in organisations where there's just a, a harsh leadership and people just feel as though they have to submit because they don't feel any worth in themselves and, and the leaders who are probably quite insecure anyway have insisted that you've got to follow them. That's pretty ugly. But this is beautiful. This, this Christ-like way is a beautiful way because it says, I know who I am and I know who you are and I'm going to submit to you. Oh, Oh, and it's a one another thing. So you're going to submit to me. It's a powerful, beautiful flow and exchange of grace. And you may think to yourself, and I remember there's a friend of mine at university, uh, Roland. He was a music student and a Christian, very, very fervent Christian. And we would have this joke. When we would get to, we'd be walking down a corridor or something, and we'd get to a door, he would go, after you. And I would go, no, after you, Exactly. And we'd often stand there for a few minutes having this kind of spiritual kind of standoff as if say, no, I'm going to be more humble than you because I'm going to let you go first. And we end up going nowhere. <laughs> Late for lectures or whatever. <clears throat> it's not going to be like that. <laughs> okay? That's just, it doesn't work like that because actually this is a flow of grace. This is a flow of Christ amongst us that as we submit to one another, we elevate one another. We're seeking the better, best for each other. And if we carry on doing that, There'll just be this flow of grace. We'll see Christ grow in each other. In Mark, Jesus says, you, will, you know that those who are recognised as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. The, that's kind of weak leadership, if you like. It's insecure leadership. And they, their great men exercise authority over them. Okay, This is enforced. I'm great, you're not. You'll do what I say. That's the way the world works. That's what Jesus is saying. But it is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be a slave of all. And when that happens, it's beautiful. So, in every relationship, we have a position, we have a role, we have a responsibility. And that works out in submission. So I want you to look around the room again. Hopefully with slightly renewed eyes. All right? Yeah, slightly renewed eyes. And consider how you can submit to one another. Find ways of expressing it, articulating it. And as you do that, know that Christ is honoured. 
and that grace flows in our church. Yeah? And I was wondering, you know, we have that, our Celtic blessing, I welcome you, I honour you. Honor you. Um, I was wondering whether we can just say to one another, uh, what can we say? We can say, I'll submit to you out of reverence for Christ. It's a similar kind of thing, isn't it? That, that comes the honour. It's, it's the same meaning, really, that I honour you. Um, so I'm going to pray, and I think we should do that. I submit to you out of a reverence for Christ. You, if you forget the words, you just get the Bible and read it. Yeah, Ephesians 5.21. I submit to you out of reverence for Christ. But let's pray, and then we'll do that, and we'll close up. Lord, we thank you for who you are, first and foremost. What a beautiful God we have. Christ, who didn't just hang on to authority. It didn't just, it doesn't just boss us around as an authoritarian figure just controlling us, treating us as weaklings, as nothing, uh, and wielding power from on high. We just thank you for the beautiful display of who you are, Christ, who you didn't use that to your advantage, but you humbled yourself and actually showed what true greatness is like. And I pray as we look to you, as we study you, as we know you more, you would bring that characteristic out more in us, that we would be secure in who we are in you to better submit ourselves to one another. Forgive us of our poor self-image, forgive us of our low self-esteem, forgive us of our uh, being, treating ourselves like rubbish sometimes. Teach us to love ourselves so that we may love one another and love our neighbours. And I pray that as we submit to one another and elevate those around us ahead of ourselves, that there will be a flow of grace in our church that's spilled out into the world around us again that your name would be glorified here and lifted up and people would, be, would see you in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to ask you, rather than sing a song, I'm going to ask you to get up and um, speak to one another and say, I, I submit to you out of reverence for Christ. And then go and have some coffee. Amen. Submit to you.